Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to my show. I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride, and you are listening to Partners in Health and Biz. And Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. I have not spoken to you since before. When the last time I spoke to you, it was 2021. So welcome to 2022. We're going to kick this year off right. We're going to stay positive no matter what is going on, because you know why? Not only is this the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, but God has everything under control. So today, today, today is a wonderful day. And today's show, the title of the show, I have a fantastic show planned for you, is what you need to know about dietary supplements. That's right. What you need to know about dietary supplements. So you can get pen and paper if you like to take notes. But if not, this is a podcast. So that means you can go back and listen to the show anytime you'd like. The show is recorded. And you can listen to this show on Anchor.fm. That is my new platform, Anchor.fm. Now, some of my other shows are still on a blog talk radio, so you can still hear some of those old shows. But I am no longer uh, continuing to use that as my major platform or as my platform at all. So let's get into today's show. If you walked through a health food store or even down the nutrition aisle of your local grocery store or pharmacy, you know all too well that the number of herbal remedies and other dietary supplements is overwhelming. So how many of my listeners take supplements? I'm sure most of you do as well as I do. Well, you know, there's a 2015 consumer safety survey that was conducted by the Council for Responsible Nutrition, and they found that more than two-thirds of Americans take dietary supplements, including vitamins and minerals. Dietary supplements are by far the most common form of complementary medicine, according to nearly one-fifth of all integrative therapy in the United States, and it's accounting, I should say, accounting for nearly one-fifth of all integrative therapy in the United States. That same 2015 Consumer Safety Survey also found that the vast majority of people who take supplements consider them to be safe and effective. Well, that may or may not be true, so that's why I'm coming to you this morning and bringing to you this morning, presenting this show. What's important to know is that supplements are not the same as medications. And many people take supplements replacing, feeling that they're replacing a medication. But supplements are not medications. The companies that manufacture supplements are not subject to the same regulations as those that manufacture drugs. Even though the Food and Drug Administration, I am definitely not a major fan of them. They do help in a lot of cases, but sometimes they overlook things and supplements and vitamins and herbs that can help and do help with various conditions that people have. 
So, but there is limited regulation. In 1994, the U.S. Congress passed the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act, DSHEA. What did this do? Well, this this legislation was originally proposed by the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, to enhance oversight of supplement manufacturers in response to serious adverse effects traced back to specific herbs and supplements. But the industry pushed back, and eventually Congress passed the DSHEA, and the DSHEA created the category of dietary supplements and in the end resulted in a lot less oversight power than what was originally proposed. Now, there are two critical parts of the Dietary Supplements Act that deserve special attention. Number one, manufacturers do not have to prove efficacy. That means they aren't required to conduct formal research to prove that their product does what they claim. Number two, manufacturers don't have to prove the safety of their products. They're expected to have some historical usage data to support the safety, but again, there's no requirement for specific testing to ensure a product is safe. So with these exemptions in place, the supplement market blossomed. At the same time, there was growing dissatisfaction with the current state of medicine in the United States. And there still is. (laughs) Patients and consumers wanted to be more engaged in their care, and the boom in supplement sales was partly due to that search for greater healthcare autonomy. Well, this isn't meant to suggest that the FDA isn't regulating the supplements market. The agency does a lot to make sure the products you and I buy are safe and of high quality. However, the rules that Congress passed passed limit the FDA in many ways. That's why consumers need to choose wisely when adding dietary supplements to our daily regimens. Ensuring the quality of herbs and supplements sold in the U.S. is a challenge. So in numerous cases, people have been harmed by products that included the wrong herb or that contained actual prescription drugs. Many herbal remedies produced in China, for example, have been found to contain toxic amounts of heavy metals such as arsenic, lead, and mercury. Did you know? Did you know? I think I need to repeat that. Many herbal remedies produced in China, for example, have been found to contain toxic amounts of heavy metals such as arsenic, lead and mercury so we don't want to be ingesting those chemicals those metals into our system well today thanks to rules implemented in 2010 called good manufacturing practices gmp gmps all supplements sold in the u.s are now mandated to contain exactly what's stated on the label 
However, there are still some bad actors out there. Mostly fly-by-night internet setups. And yes, you can't believe everything that you read and see on the internet. That's why, despite MGPs, it's important that you know what to look for to ensure that you're purchasing good quality products. So, let's talk about safe use. How can you make sure you're getting good quality products and you're taking them correctly? Follow the following safety guidelines that I'm getting ready to tell you. And here we go. First, tell your doctor what you're taking. Now, I know we've gone to the doctor many times. We switched doctors. We switched uh, practices. And they always give you a form that they want you to fill out before you see the doctor that that tells the doctor that they put into into their system what medications you're taking, what vitamins you should also let them know what vitamins you're taking, what supplements you're taking, and what herbs you're taking. So tell your doctor what you're taking. Some supplements may interfere with the effectiveness of prescription medications you're taking. That's right or have other harmful effects. It's always a good idea to keep your doctor informed of everything you take. So what you need to do, and I want you, my listeners, to go and do that right now. <laughs> not not right now, but right after the show. I want you to make a list of all the medications that you're taking, of all the vitamins, supplements, all the herbs, all of the different supplements that you're taking, whether they be vitamins, herbs, or some other type of supplement. Okay, so you can let your doctor know, and this will be handy. Next, read the label and look for a seal of approval before you purchase any supplements, vitamins and supplements. An example is the U.S. Pharma, Pharmacopedia's USP Dietary Supplement Verified. That's what it should say. USP Dietary Supplement Verified Mark. It indicates that a product meets certain standards of quality. Other groups that certify supplements include consumerlab.com and NSF International. Now, although each group takes a slightly different approach, the goal of each is to certify that the product meets a certain standard. Number three, choose a name you know. Look for a large recognizable manufacturer While this isn't a guarantee that the product contains exactly what it says it does, chances are better that a well-known company with a good reputation will make the effort to produce a quality product. Makes sense? (laughs) Number four, follow the directions. Follow the directions. Herbal products have active ingredients that can affect how your body functions. Don't exceed the recommended dosages. 
And also pay attention to how your body reacts to different herbs, vitamins, and supplements that you're taking. Number five, be cautious about products manufactured or purchased outside of the United States. Why? Because some European herbs are well regulated and standardized, but toxic ingredients, again, including lead and mercury and prescription drugs such as prednisone, have been found in herbal supplements manufactured elsewhere elsewhere being outside of the United States, particularly China, India, and Mexico. That's right. So this is fact. It's not a estimate, a guess. This is fact what has been found in some of these products, supplements that are from China, India, and Mexico. Next, avoid supplements if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Only take supplements if your doctor says it's okay. They could harm the baby. And there are certain supplements that pregnant women or breastfeeding uh, women should be taking. Uh, they, your doctor has decided what is safe for you. And there are prenatal vitamins that you can take. And so you definitely want to let your doctor know if you're taking supplements, if you're pregnant, and let the doctor prescribe or give you the supplements that are going to work best for you. And finally, stay away from potentially dangerous herbs. Know which herbs are dangerous and can be fatal. Some examples include chaparral, mahong, and kava. Although some of these supplements are banned, they're still available on the internet. So again, some of these supplements, Chaparral, spelled C-H-A-P-A-R-R-A-L, Ephedra, or Mahong, M-A-H-U-A-N-G, and kava, K-A-V-A. All right, so be aware that these are potentially dangerous herbs. Now, when medicines and supplements don't mix, you need to know when medicines and supplements don't mix. So what happens when you mix herbs with prescription or non-prescription medications? The truth is, it's often not known. Researchers are studying this, this question and hope to have a better understanding of these interactions in the future. And so for the time being, the best advice is to think twice before mixing any herb with any prescription or non-prescription drug. So here are some of the supplements of concern. Certain supplements have been recognized as having a high risk of interactions with certain medications, and it's important not to mix medications with these particular herbs without your doctor's approval because of potential risk. Supplements of concern include black cohosh, dung kwai, evening primrose oil, garlic, ginkgo, 
Ginkgo, Ginseng, Hawthorne, Kava, St. John's Wort, and Yohimbi. Now here are some medications of concern. Some medications have what's called a narrow therapeutic window. And if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Partners in Health and Biz. I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride. So happy you could join me this morning. And we are talking, the title of the show is What You Need to Know About Dietary Supplements. What You Need to Know About Dietary Supplements. So again, some medications have what's called a narrow therapeutic window. What does this mean? If their level is too low or too high, problems can occur. An example is the anticoagulant medication warfarin or Coumadin. If the medication level is too low, dangerous blood clotting can occur. If the level is too high, dangerous bleeding can occur. So if you're taking warfarin, it's important that other drugs you take, including vitamins and supplements, not interfere with the therapeutic window of the drug. Other medications with narrow therapeutic windows include those that control heart, arrhythmias, prevent organ rejection, and control seizures. So you want to be very careful if you're taking any of those type of medications and you're mixing those with any herbs or supplements. Okay, so I want you to talk with your healthcare team. After you've done your homework and you feel like you have the information you need to talk with your healthcare team about the integrative therapy you'd like to try, it's time to take the next step. And that's what's integrative therapy, combining natural with sometimes combining that with uh, medication. But together with your healthcare team, discuss the information you found. If you've done, if you're doing your own research, talk about your health history and decide if the therapy makes sense and if it's safe for you. This may sound simpler than it feels, people. However, you may be unsure about talking with your doctor about non-traditional therapies for a variety of reasons. Perhaps you're worried that he or she will criticize you or think that you've lost all good sense. <laughs> Ah, well, if the therapy isn't dangerous, this shouldn't be the case. Most doctors are well aware that unconventional products and practices are highly popular, and they want to help their patients use these therapies safely. Other changes have taken place in the past several years that may help make your conversation a little easier, too. For example... In the last 20 years, more scientific studies on non-traditional treatments have been and continue to be conducted. This research gives doctors more confidence in recommending certain therapies. Today, if a doctor wants to know more about a certain therapy or if a patient has questions, he or she often can look at data in a peer-reviewed study. Another change in the healthcare system is the doctor-patient relationship. It's become more of a partnership 
because patients today are more educated and ask more questions than they used to. Doctors have had to learn different ways of interacting with their patients, including treatments that may not always follow con conventional practices. And a third difference in medicine today is the shift in focus from preventative medicine toward wellness. And that's what my show is about partners in health and biz. It's more about health, staying healthy and preventing sickness by taking good care of ourselves, exercising, taking vitamins and supplements, eating healthy foods, fresh fruits and vegetables, and drinking fresh water, a number of things, meditation, prayer, massage. Oh, there's so many different ways to stay healthy that don't require medication. So there is, this is where integrative practices can play a huge role. Convent, conventional medicine can help treat health issues that already exist, but it isn't always suited to preventing future problems. Managing stress, again, eating a healthy diet and getting plenty of exercise are all ways to help prevent a heart attack from happening in the first place, for example. When combined with conventional medicine, integrative practices can help individuals reduce stress, eat well, and improve overall health. That means that you can potentially also potentially help prevent problems before they have a chance to start. For these reasons, healthcare professionals are gradually becoming more open to the idea of integrative medicine. For instance, medical students today are largely following natural diets and eating organic foods more often and their parents may be practicing Tai Chi. It's also not uncommon to see medical students participating in yoga sessions before class or meditating together. So what I want you to do Act sooner rather than later. Act sooner rather than later. Try not to put off your discussion about integrative therapies. It's best to talk with your healthcare team before you begin a new therapy instead of after you get started. Team members can help you think through a number of issues. Your doctor or other members of your team can identify a treatment that has any potentially dangerous side effects. They can let you know if a product may interact with the medication you currently use. They can help you determine the correct dosage. They can confirm that the therapy seems appropriate for you and your needs, and they can put you in touch with someone who performs the therapy you're interested in or who can teach you how to do it. So during the conversation with your doctor, be honest. Uh, do I need to repeat that? <laughs> During the conversation with your doctor, be honest. Answer his or her questions truthfully so that he or she can accurately monitor your health, assess your potential health risk, and get you off to a good start. And finding a qualified practitioner. Qualified. When seeking out 
an integrative health practitioner, be careful and thorough as you were when you search for your primary care physician. When you're searching for a provider, the National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health recommends taking a few of these steps. Number one, to locate practitioners in your area, first check with your doctor, <clears throat> excuse me, first check with your doctor or other health care provider. A nearby hospital or medical school, professional organizations, state regulatory agencies or licensing boards, or even your health insurance provider also may be helpful. Next, find out as much as you can about the person's education, training, licensing, and certifications. Credentials required for integrative health practitioners vary from state to state and from dis discipline to discipline. Once you found a possible practitioner, ask yourself these questions to determine if the individual is right for you. Number one, is she or he willing to work together with your conventional healthcare providers for safe coordinated care? All of the professionals involved in your care should communicate and cooperate. Next, does his or her training and experience align with your condition and concerns? Select a practitioner who understands how to care for your specific needs, even if general well-being is your goal. And finally, are his or her services covered by your health insurance? Contact your health insurance provider and ask, Insurance plans differ greatly in what integrative health practices or health approaches they cover, and even if they cover a particular approach, restrictions may apply. And after your first visit, assess the individual and the care you received and decide if this practitioner is right for you and the treatment plan is reasonable. Once you've decided on a practitioner, on a provider, make sure to let your healthcare team know about this person and the treatment that you're receiving. To provide the best care possible, it's important that your primary care team know about all of the healthcare providers you see. And I know, I certainly know that's very important that they all should work together so that they can help you and the best way is to share information okay so double check visit several health websites and compare the information they offer if you can't find supporting evidence to back up the claims of an integrative medicine product be skeptical and before you follow any advice you read on the internet, check with your healthcare team for guidance. Bottom line, if what you read sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Make an effort to seek out additional information from a reliable, authoritative source and talk with your doctor or another trusted healthcare professional. Okay. We're almost down, down on time. Sound too good? If it sounds too, be, 
too good to be true. Maybe it is. The Food and Drug Administration, FDA, recommends watching for the following claims or practices. These can be warning signs of potentially fraudulent dietary supplements or other so-called natural treatments. The advertisements and claims seem exaggerated or unrealistic. They may include words such as breakthrough, magical, or new discovery. If the product were in fact a cure, your doctor would recommend it. Also be very leery of claims that products uh, that say they're totally safe. The manufacturer claims that the product can treat a wide range of symptoms, is a cure-all, or can cure or prevent a number of diseases. No single product can do this. The product is supposedly backed by scientific studies, but references aren't provided. Be skeptical of information that comes from personal testimonies. And the product claims to be an alternative to an FDA-approved drug or to have effects similar to prescription drugs. Finally, the product is marketed primarily through mass emails or is marketed primarily in a foreign language. So these are all things to be aware of. So if you want to follow me, you can email me. Uh, my uh, email address is partnersinhealth at verizon.net. Until next Saturday, I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride. Stay healthy and business savvy until I see, talk to you again. Ta-ta for now.